Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, this is Mike from America's Hometown Horror Podcast. I am joined by my normal co-hosts, Kat. What's up? Hello. And Andrew. Good evening. Hey, guys. Uh, usually with these ad reads, I try and make things a little bit more, uh, a little lighter, a little bit more fun. Uh, you know, to try and guide you into the show a little bit, but. I feel like with everything going on with the coronavirus right now, or COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, I think it's very important that we take seriously the fact that local businesses need to be supported at this point in time. So if you have the means to do so, uh, whether it's restaurants, bars, construction companies, or even window cleaning companies, uh, like our most loyal sponsor, Shine Through Window Cleaning, please take the time to support these guys. Uh, this is going to be, this is an unprecedented time in general. It's going to get worse before it gets better. So I'd love it if these guys get supported. Um, a couple of things here. One, here's a list of all of the bars and restaurants that we love downtown that are currently doing takeout according to a post. This is from Angelo's Famous Roast Beef, uh, who makes bomb-ass sandwiches. But uh, Speedwell Tavern, T-Bones Roadhouse, the New World Tavern, Strega. Kakadi's Burger Bar, Plymouth House of Pizza, which I believe actually is Plymouth uh, House of Brews now and Pizza, uh, Lucioso's Pub, East Bay Grill, Anna's Harborside, Kiskitty Coffee, Sukasa, Martini's, The Tasty, The Blue-Eyed Crab, Waterfront Bar and Grill, Dylan's, Carmen's Cafe Nicole, Mama Mia's, Will & Co., Cabby Shack, and our buddies over at Main Street Sports Bar and Grill. Uh, please support these businesses if you're in the Plymouth area. If you want food, don't go to McDonald's or Burger King. Get food from these guys. They're always looking for some support. And obviously, the most loyal of our sponsors is Shine Through Window Cleaning. And this episode of America's Hometown Horror is brought to you yet again by Shine Through Window Cleaning. Uh, no gimmicks here, nothing funny, but Shine Through is a family-owned and operated company that proudly serves Plymouth and the surrounding area. They treat your home or business like they would treat their own and believe in building their reputation on every job they do. Get in touch today to discuss your window cleaning, gutter cleaning, and power washing needs at 781-812-9189. That's 781-812-9189. Or at shine, T-H-R-U-Inc.net. That's shine through window cleaning. Shine through window cleaning. I mean, did I miss anything here, guys? Anything to add about anything local no. right now? No, I think I that's think... good. That's the best thing you could do is support your local businesses. They need you more now than they ever did. Um, we can get through this together. United we stand, divided we fall. So if we're there for each other during this time of need, we'll just be stronger afterwards. So I think it's a good chance for this country to really show its merit and what this its citizens have to offer there's no issue that we can't overcome. There's no dilemma, pandemic. We're stronger than this. That's so. very well said, Andrew. Thanks. Very well said. What's up, everybody? This is Mike uh, from America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Andrew. What's up, bud? How are we doing tonight? Staying healthy, pretty staying good. safe. How about you? you sanitize your hands before did, this. I say, did you wash Stop your hands lately? Stop breathing on me. God damn it, man. I'll cough on you all I want. It's and legal. you've already heard our co-host, Catherine. Cat, what's up? Hello. How are you? It's, <laughs> it's me. It's me, Cat. And we are here tonight to talk about uh, the first TV show we've ever done on America's Hometown Horror Podcast. Is it the first TV? Well, I mean, we talk about TV shows, but we don't, like, We don't go- dedicate We've we never dedicated an entire it. episode to one before. We've done paranormal stuff. We've done movies. We've done, you know, whatever else. And uh, tonight, it's about The Outsider, which is an adaptation of Stephen King's novel uh, that was on HBO. Big time, big time show. Uh, hopefully, you've seen it. I don't feel uh, like it was that big time, big time show. Yeah, I mean Stephen King on HBO is a it's a <laughs> but big, I think that, big like, deal. I think people weren't like so apt to see it like they were like Game of Thrones, like big time, big time. I feel like when you say that, it's just like it seems like it's like a super popular show. But like, I mean, well, I don't feel like that many people watch the Outsider. Pretty popular. Like, I, mean, I feel like a few. There was actually a woman in my office who was watching the Outsider that I was pretty surprised that she said she was watching it. I was like, really? And there was a couple. There was a couple of people, and I was like. Hmm, but I, it's just not like a part, I, I don't see it as a popular show. Okay, well we'll get to that, we'll get to that, but uh, either way, uh, it's about The Outsider tonight. 
And no, I know that. I like The Outsider. I yes. watched it. No, no, but we're just. I, I know. I, just, I didn't want. I didn't want to get too much into the podcast. Talk is about the outsider. Correct. The podcast saying. is about the outsider. So do I already? No, you're fine. You're, <laughs> you're fine. Don't worry. I about object. It. No. <laughs> Sustained. Overruled. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so yeah, but before we dive into the outsider. A uh, couple of quick news items like we usually do. And uh, I will say, first and foremost, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of news to report right now, given the state of the world with everything with the coronavirus. Uh, I wish I could say that it was overblown, but it's really not because there's really not too much breaking right now. But the first thing, we talked about this last week uh, on our episode uh, uh, about the Bridgewater Triangle. Excuse there me. you go. Yep. Wow. Took you a little bit to get there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we talked about it last on our episode about the Bridgewater Triangle, but uh, there have been a lot of mo- movies that have been delayed due to the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, you know, there are a lot of studios that are releasing their movies on video on demand, and that's got, probably going to continue, but a couple more movies have been delayed since we last recorded uh, including a few that we had mentioned in previous podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and the most the most recent one is the uh, Saw reboot sequel. Oh no way! Yeah, Wait, Spiral. When is that going to be with Chris Rock? It's been delayed indefinitely. No release <gasps> no! date. No. Oh no! I wanted to see that. Yeah. Wait, no release date at all. When was it supposed to come out? Well, we don't know at this point when oh, movie theaters are going to reopen. No. This could be a very long-term thing. And a oh. lot of people in the movie industry are speculating that the fact that... No one's going to the movies. People, people well, obviously, they, they want to see how movies do in this time. Right. Releasing them direct to video instead of to rent or whatever. They want to see... And, and I'm hoping it's not the case. I think there's always going to be a place for movie theaters and the theater experience. Do you think but, in 20 years, movie theaters will be gone except for in, like... They'll be like what drive-through movie theaters are now. You'll be like, "Hey, remember when we went to drive-through?" Do, do, do you want? No. Do you want what I hope will happen, or do you want my actual? I enjoy answer? going to the movies. I well, it's something you can't get at home. Totally, I enjoy screen. sitting down and spending twenty dollars on my snacks and my drink, and uh, like a dollar on my movie ticket. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you just go in there with a pocket full of candy, you're good. But. No, I love that experience of going to the movies. I love seeing... I hate getting to the movies late. I want to be there on time so I can watch the trailers. And as much as I love Netflix and I love that, You're there's nothing home. like going nothing, to the movies. Yeah, to see to a movie that, that you really want to see. Yeah, agreed. It's not so, like a special experience. I hope they never get rid of the theaters. If they do... I'm sure they'll still have a few around, and you, you can see they... certain movies will air there. Like, maybe they'll just do, like, like if you just had, like, a classic movie theater, like, they just show older movies, mm-hmm. and it's like, that would be kind of cool. I, I feel mean, like they do, but... movie theaters would only go under if they were irrelevant, and I feel like they're so still in, you know... Now, though. I'm saying 20 years from now, though. Like... 20 years from now. But, uh, I mean, 20 years from now, could be, we could be... I. Total. We we couldn't be here twenty years from now. We never know based on everything the way the way everything's going. Excuse me. (laughs) We'll be lucky to have toilet paper in twenty years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The way people's buying it. P.S. Side note: Please stop buying up all the toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) We don't need fifty fucking rolls. I would like to go purchase four rolls so I can wipe my goddamn ass. (laughs) Fucking orders. We give you some toilet paper, Andrew. So I think there's always going to be a place (laughs) for the theaters. Like you said, I I feel like that experience, it it can't be matched, especially when you see the type of epic movie that you want to see on a screen, Well, even like Lux level now they have. You can go and get a beer and a snack and sit and watch your movie that you're As long as movie theaters continue to adapt. You know what I think in the movie theaters of the future there's going to be, though? You're going to have the movie theater, and on the back of each screen, there's going to be an, I mean, on the back of each seat, there's going to be another screen. So you can watch YouTube, and then below that there's going to be another screen so you can charge your phone and text at the same time as when you're at the movie so that you can have three screens. It's the only way they're going to survive no if, they adapt, hope not. if they adapt oh. and they're constantly putting screens in front of you because it's the only way people respond. <laughs> I hope that never happens. That sounds like a horrible a horrible place to live. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying and why they might do it. Well, but it's probably it's viewed it's... as a rant, but I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But, I mean, think, think about... Some of the major players in the movie industry right now, like Disney, Universal. Okay, Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars. Do you think that they don't want the Avengers, and new National Avengers Geographic. movies, the new Star Wars movies, 
Do you think they don't want those to be viewed on a big screen in a movie theater? I feel like those are the types of movies those that are designed to. to be seen in a theater. So yeah. I feel like there's always going to be a place for it. I hope it's just not the type of situation where, and it's kind of this now, but only certain movies get pushed to theaters and other ones are just sent directly yeah, to I VOD. Yeah, I think if they're going to actually save movie theaters, show some like more different movies that like you don't always see in the movie theaters draw a different crowd you're gonna have to get more of your audience instead of like 10 percent or well actually the amount of people that like avengers i'm not even literally doing anything except for gesturing and this Don't chair gesture. is squeaking it's okay keep continue Go on cool. no they gotta put on put different movies put more indie flicks on there put stuff like netflix yeah there's a lot of garbage on netflix but they air a lot of really good movies that should have been in theaters and if they got marketed correctly would have done well in theaters, but they get pushed out by the Disney's, the Marvels. All right, so yeah, unfortunately, more movies have been delayed by the uh, coronavirus outbreak. Obviously, we just mentioned Spiral from the Book of Saw, which is the Chris Rock. That's so sad. Saw Wait, movie. So there's no release for that anymore. No, no, no same, it just says TBD. To be determined until Jesus. until we figure out what's going on with this virus. What? Same thing for Quiet Place Two. Same thing for Antlers, which we talked about oh. last week. Wait, but aren't they all done filming? They just don't want to release them? Correct. They're just yeah, holding on to them? Because you can't go to a movie theater right now. You have to realize these studios, <laughs> the, all, they, all they want is to make money at the theater uh, this is for so these annoying. movies. They could yeah, release them and make money off of yeah. them. Yeah. But will they make as much? No, they won't. No. Which is why they're getting pushed back. So yeah, the new Saw movie got pushed back. Another one was uh, Antebellum, which I don't know if you've heard of this. We haven't talked about it on the show, but it's a... Uh, time-traveling sci-fi thriller that's produced by Jordan Peele about uh, Jim Crow America. And really? It's like uh, it's, it's a black woman that time-travels between present day and uh, back and whenever she's in the past, she's a slave. What's it, looks it called? Antebellum. Antebellum. There's been two very quick teaser trailers that have been released, and I think there's been like less than a minute and a half of footage released. So I it's one of those movies where there's been barely any press coverage and barely any trailers, huh. but it was scheduled to come out like next month, oh. and that's been pushed back indefinitely oh, as well. No. Yeah. So, I mean, anything Jordan Peele produces, I'll watch, uh, but, you know, obviously you don't know when it's going to come out. So Interesting idea for you. Off topic. Mm-hmm. Well, no, on topic. So, most movies that come out and are in theaters are from almost all the same studios, correct? There's like maybe three or four different ones. Yeah, pretty much. So, they all have a stake in about a quarter of the amount of movies that come out throughout the course of I would say it's the gigantic movie studios probably own all of the other movie studios. So, so you, it's pretty much four gigantic corporations so that produce all the movies. Here's the thing. Don't most people have a certain... If you really looked at what movies you like, I'm guaranteeing they probably come from mostly the same studio. Disney, Universal, Warner Brothers, Sony. Correct. So Disney's already done it. Mm-hmm. Do they own Universal? No. They so don't. Why, don't they, why, don't, why don't they try this out for size? Just like you have Netflix, you have that. Why don't have your own studio where you only air movies of your studio so you can have all, all the classics, all your old ones, your greatest movies... And whatever, and you pay, instead you pay $20 a month, so it's a little bit pricier than your other ones, but any movies that come out, are coming out in theaters, you can stream live from your, from the app, in your subscription. Well, I think that's eventually what it will be. Wouldn't they be making so much more money doing that? You would think so. Because you're not spending money, you don't have to... You have to understand, though, the movie theater companies like AMC, like Regal... Oh, it would all go out of business. They would would fight back against that. But what are they going to do? What's the... So, okay, they don't so have as much money as those adapt, companies. But change yeah, your I mean, fucking model. I'm sorry. I mean, I guess maybe hold only screenings for epic movies. But hey, whatever. That's a different conversation for a different day. You know, the future of movie theaters. You never know what's going to happen, but unfortunately, it's being changed right now by this virus. Next topic. Shutter is a streaming service that we've talked about on numerous episodes, uh, which is a horror streaming service that you can subscribe to for $5 a month, or it's an add-on to Amazon Prime, which is the one that uh, that we use. We bundle it in for our uh, yearly price or whatever. But uh, right now, Shutter, due to the shut-ins and the social distancing, I fucking hate that term, 
uh, Shutter is offering 30 days free to new subscribers. So if you sign up for Shutter directly through them, you can get 30 days free. Check it. You can watch everything that they have and then cancel it. It's all free. But uh, there's some good movies on there. A lot of ones that we've talked about, including yeah. Haunt. Yeah, that Haunt was a movie was awesome. we watched recently. That was really good. It's just on Shutter. It's, yeah, you can't find it anywhere. There's a lot of. I would say the TV series selection is better on Shutter than their movie selection. They have a lot of older, uh, really obscure B-type movies, but they have all of the seasons of Channel Zero from Sci-Fi. Yeah, I love Channel Zero, which were Zero. great. We both love those. That? I've seen some of them. Yeah, we've talked about that. I yeah. liked. I liked Shutter. I only did the trial. But one of the things I liked the most about it was uh, that they had all those random ass cheesy mm. B lists. That's right up your alley. And I was like, oh, these are so good. I would because <laughs> yeah. you can watch it and like you don't have to pay attention because yeah. doesn't you're not missing anything if you miss five ten minutes. So right. I love those types of movies. Yeah, Channel Zero was a great series. It is. Uh, they also did their own produced. Uh, Creep Show remake series, which came out earlier this year, had like six episodes, two stories per episode, was awesome. I loved it. Uh, but Shutter's worth your time. If you can get a free trial, if you haven't signed up for it yet, now's the perfect time. So uh, check it out if you're at home and you have nothing else to do. I mean, we're probably gonna have nothing but time on our hands for the next few weeks. Next topic and final topic. Wanted to end this on a happy note. Uh, what we do in the shadows mm-hmm. on FX, yes, which was one of, if not my favorite TV show from uh, from 2019. Pitter patter. Pitter patter. It was a great show. Very funny. Uh, has horror elements. They're all vampires. There's werewolves in there. Pitter patter means hurry up. They released three new <laughs> teaser trailers for this show uh, the, over the last couple of days, and the new season premieres on April 15th. So it's already shot, already done, already filmed. It's coming out regardless of what happens with the coronavirus. And I would just say, if you haven't watched What We Do in the Shadows, if you haven't seen the movie, mm. watch the movie. I love that movie. Then watch the show on FX. It is hilarious. I think the show is actually better than the movie, and season two is coming out very soon. I can't say enough good things about the show. Cat. I know you love it too. I do, Michael. I do. I love what we do in the shadows. <laughs> just, you're so fluid with the way you transitioned to me. I just kind of had to play along. Okay. It wasn't like a mocking thing. It's a it's a flattering thing. Well, I I know you love this show. So what do you? I do. No. So, care to weigh um, in on what, what we, we do, do in the, the shadows? shadows? I think it's hysterical. I. Even considered after the season was over, being like, hey, you want to rewatch it? Kind of like what we did recently with Schitt's Creek and Letterkenny. Letterkenny. It's just like, so we ran out of episodes, let's just watch it from the beginning. Like, mm-hmm. so we can just start all over. And it was the same with this show. Oh my God, it was very funny. It's a great show. I didn't really expect to really like it, but I'm not a huge vampire person. So this was kind of a stretch for me. And. I was pleasantly surprised. There, it's it's a really funny show. Andrew, you watch any of this show, or obviously you've I've seen, seen the movie. a few episodes with you guys, which were really good. I love the movie. The movie was hilarious. Yeah. So I would like the show. I just need to watch the show. Yeah, of course. Sometimes it takes me a while. And to and show. so uh, if you haven't seen either, the show is actually produced by Taika Waititi, who just got Taika nominated Waititi. for an Academy Award for Jojo Rabbit for Best Director. Um, he was. He starred in, wrote, and directed the original What We Do in the Shadows, and he's a producer on this new show. So uh, it's the same people that did the original. If you're skeptical, it's you, I can't recommend it high enough. Anyway, uh, that's all I got for news. Anybody else got anything at all they want to contribute? Anything? Uh, no. Bueller? No, Anyone? Okay. Anyone know the effects? No, that's... Something uh, D-O-O economics? Voodoo economics? Voodoo economics? He wants you to talk about mm. chips. Oh, those good chips. Mm. <laughs> What's, I don't even know the name. I I feel like the name Voodoo of the it should chips. be Zatarans because it's the Louisiana. Right? Right. Zatarans, yeah, no, it like has the commercials that same with the feel to it. The label does, yeah. Yeah, but what the hell are they called? Zap, Zapos or uh, Zappos? Zappos. Zappos. There's some sort Something of kettle like cooked chip from Louisiana. And kettle cooked chips for the win. Evil Eye, and which are delicious. It's almost like a mixture of what ketchup and pickle chips, and it's got a little spice to it. Oh. I thought Amazing. the evil eye chips were a mix of barbecue and salt and vinegar, is what Seth told Whatever, me. Whatever, but that, well, yeah. Salt and vinegar is essentially a pickle. Yeah. 
and yeah, that barbecue essentially ketchup. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Essentially, but not really. <laughs> but they same base. All right, and that leaves us uh, onto our topic of the night, and we're back here talking about The Outsider, which is a 2020 series that was on HBO. Uh, ten episodes. A very interesting show. We'll get into our spoiler-free th- thoughts shortly. But just so you know, uh, The Outsider was der- uh, based on a novel by Stephen King, turned into an HBO series by an HBO veteran, Richard Price, who's directed numerous shows for HBO over the years. And uh, I guess, you know, it, over ten episodes, there's really not too much to say without spoiling it. So I'll ask you guys each real quick for your quick, very quick, mm-hmm. spoiler-free thoughts on the show. Andrew, I'll start with you. Spoiler-free. So I think this is a top three adaptation of Stephen King. Put it up there. I still don't know if it's better than the other ones. Which very is bold. The shining up there. It's a very bold and, statement. And I don't think anyone... Uh, I mean, I think it's great. Storm of the Century is phenomenal. Storm of the Century is great. But I, I don't know if it's a top three, but it's my favorite Stephen King miniseries, yeah. I think. I like it more than the original It and Stand. And what other ones did they do? So I, uh, so I, I, I would ask you this. Shit. What Stephen King adaptations, movie or TV, do you like better than this? It's to so tough to tell because it's the recency bias constantly. I still think Storm of the Century is better okay. as far as the TV show goes. So this might be number three. It might be... Uh, but then Doctor Sleep is making an itch in there. But I think it's still The Shining, Storm of the Century, then The Outsider. I know you were very, very... Uh, in, very big very fan. Much in, it's it's yeah. amazing. I just... They're all great in their own way, so it's like hard to compare them. And this is the most money that's probably ever been spent on a Stephen King show. Mm, on a show? Probably. Movie, it's on HBO. No, probably that it and it chapter two. Yeah, but sh- yeah. as a show, what it's all been ABC, CBS, like all these basic. Well, I feel like the fact that this came out recently, it clearly had more money spent because the budget Obviously, was bigger I mean, than if you really, other. If you need a comparison of what that money right was with worth, inflation and everything, I still think I, I still agree think with it's you. This I think show. They probably they probably poured cast, more talent and resources. They, yeah, into they this spent show. a lot of money on the directors, the talent. They brought yeah. in Dennis Lehane yeah. to write. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. They spent some money. They, they're not getting those guys for cheap. Okay. Kat, what did you think of this show without giving away the ending? Um, okay. So I went into the show uh, having <laughs> some doubts, you know, because Mike and I are very <laughs> conflicted in whatever we want to watch. So I was very conflicted. Uh, Mike and I sometimes have different opinions on what we want to watch and when and whatever. And he's like, hey, you want to watch The Outsider? You want to watch The Outsider? I'm like, what is it about? What is it? And he said, oh, it's Stephen King. Um, adaptation or based on a book or whatever the hell it is. So I was like, well, that sounds fun. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a whirl, sure. Um, and I went into it and I was like, I don't know. Like the first episode or two, I was sitting there and I was like, if if this wasn't made by Stephen King, I don't know if I would have kept watching. It was weird. Like it, it got into this whole storyline very in a weird way that didn't really catch my attention, but I'm glad that I kept watching it because in the end it really made up for So did the, the first whole... couple episodes of True Detective get your attention? No, no, I, I True Detective was another one. I feel like I needed to was get weird. into it a little bit. Like it's it was. It's it's so weird almost that like you can't really wrap your head around it and you're like kind of having all these different theories about what's going on, but you have no idea like what's really going on. So, I don't, yeah, it's in the same way as True Detective, I guess. But I, I liked the movie, uh, sorry, series, overall. <laughs> See, I um, almost kind of wish that yeah. was my experience with it. Having read the book, I, I kind of yeah, knew I never read the book, so. where they were going to go with it. So, I, I kind of knew. Yeah, uh, you had a totally different experience. I had no I had yeah, no idea what it was about. Yeah, yeah. I, I, actually, I was blind. guessing blind. I had no yeah. idea either. And I, I can see where if you hadn't, you would, you would say, oh my god, this is pretty awesome, where's it going to go? Because when I was, uh, so I, I, I did an audio book for it, and it was, I think it was read by uh, Will Patton, was the person that read the audio book. He did the entire thing, every voice in the entire book. And it was like 20 hours long. Wow. And with my job, 
I drive a lot, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, I listen to a lot of audiobooks, whatever, so I listen to the entire thing, great story, and when I heard that HBO was going to do a series about it, I was very intrigued, uh, even more so when I heard more about what the cast was, which for me, the cast alone is the, a reason to check the show out. It's just unbelievable. Every character that they have is played by a very good actor. I mean, you have Jason Bateman, Ben Mendelsohn, Cynthia ben Erivo. Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. Who played Holly Gibney? What's her name? Cynthia Erivo. Oh, she was awesome. She was awesome. I feel like I just saw her in something else, too, and I can't remember what it was. Uh, she was in that movie you just told me you watched, uh, uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. Oh, that's right. Yep. She was great she's in that. In that. Too. that she's, was a great. She's movie, a great by actress. The way. Yeah. Uh, Bill Camp, who's been in a few HBO things, he plays Howie uh, Howie Solomon, the lawyer. He was in the Night of. He was in a number of things. Oh, that was good. That show was a disappointment. I liked the Night of. That was, it was the, okay. The, it was okay. It was good. It was. It started off great. Remember, and it was okay. It, I barely remember it. it was, I I remember it. It was good. It I could have been was... a lot better than it was. I think. Yeah. It started off good. The guy that played uh, Alec Pelly who was uh, Howie's private investigator. He was a great, he was a good actor. He did a good job. Great character in the book, too. Uh, Patty Considine, who was the guy that played Claude Bolton, who, spoiler-free, ends up playing a very significant role at the end of the story. Uh, Yule Vasquez, who plays uh, Detective Sablo. Is that spoiler-free, though, what you just said? Kind of. Yeah. You just said that he lives till the end. No, I said he, he plays a role in the end of the story. I didn't say he lives till you the end. You just it. said that. <laughs> so Yul Vasquez, by the way, fun fact, he is uh, in Seinfeld, the uh, who? Who does not want to wear the ribbon? Who does not want to wear the ribbon? As a Seinfeld lover that watched a ton of Seinfeld. I picked it up I right never away. noticed it. And Mike said really? it. And I was like, what? And then I was like, oh, my. After you see it, you're like, it's that guy. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, in Breaking Bad, Skylar. Skylar, She's one Skylar, of the girlfriends Skylar, from uh, Seinfeld. She oh, is she really? I can't remember. I don't oh, even know yeah, if I knew is. that. I can't yeah, remember if it's a Jerry. George. I think it's Jerry's girlfriend. It's it's Jerry's. I. But She's I, the girlfriend I think, that yeah, never breaks. That doesn't want to break up with George. Yes, with the yeah. orange face chick. Yeah, orange face one. She's the one that's like. Yep. I'm not ready. And the for orange this. face chick yeah. is in Goodfellas. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what was he said. So it's funny. George's. Seinfeld has so many fun people in it. So my point being, I guess, there's a lot of those actors in this show, right, that you pick out. You're like, oh, I know this person from that, and they're really good in this as a character actor. But uh, uh, Mark Menchaca is another one who was uh, also in Ozark. Uh, good actor. He played Jack Hoskins, who was the guy that was possessed by El Cuco in the entire show. What's his name? Oh. Mark Menchaca. Interesting. I would mm. never have guessed his name. I thought his name was like Bill Smith or something. No, like, no. He looks like a Bill Smith. Uh, generic name, Derek Cecil. He's also in the show. He was the guy that played Holly, Giz- uh, Holly Gibney's love interest. He was in House of Cards. He was very oh. good in that. Oh, he, oh, yeah, I, I never really watched House of Cards. I never really watched House of Cards. Um, uh, we well, obviously, we, uh, I can't recommend it now because Kevin Spacey's a scumbag, but, but it's a good I, show for the first like three or four seasons. But if you take seasons. away the fact that he's that bad of a person... Is it a good story? He's an amazing actor. Everyone oh, yeah. seemed to love oh, yeah. that show. Oh, yeah. But that was before I like watched Netflix. Yeah. Right. It, was, so. it was very good. Very and then good. that happened, and I was like, well, I don't really need to watch this. Yeah. My overall point being, the cast is excellent. Uh, total ensemble cast. Everybody's very good in the parts that they play. Also, excellent, excellent direction and writing. Uh, Richard Price, like I mentioned before, he did The Night Of. Uh, for HBO, he did The Wire. He did The Deuce, which was a uh, recent HBO series about the prostitution and porn industry in uh, 1970s New York. Uh, he, he wrote on that. And also, Jason Bateman directed the first few episodes of this series, in addition to starring in it, which I feel like was a pretty big part yeah, of it, and that was pretty huge. cool. Yeah. All right, so w- since we were just talking about the cast, uh, quick quick little fact here. Um, we'll get to more about differences between the book and the show later on, but uh, in the novel, just so you guys know, when the police are searching Terry Maitland, which is Jason Bateman's character uh, in the in the show, they see that he'd been watching Ozark on his computer because they grab his computer, obviously, and his phone and all that shit. Uh, Jason Bateman obviously then starred and directed in the show. I don't think show. I ever knew that. I mm-hmm. didn't notice that. Is that well, on the like? No, no, no. It was that? it was in the book. Oh, in the book, 
it says that they grabbed Terry Maitland's computer and he had been watching Ozark and then obviously Jason Bateman plays that character right. and was a director okay. of the first few episodes. Uh, Jack Hoskins, his character, is also an actor in Ozark. He plays like the uh, redneck uncle mm-hmm. in the first few seasons mm-hmm. of that show. So there Watch are... I've seen, I don't know if I finished season one. It was really good, but again, same thing with me with shows. I have like ADD, so. You can't watch everything. I have to watch it. It has to be like a binge watch. If I, if it takes me like, if I watch one season and then like I still haven't watched the second season in like two weeks, I'm never finishing that show. Yeah. Because something else is going to catch my interest and I'm going to watch it quicker. So. All right, so we're on to spoilers here. We already talked about quick spoiler free. Um. Thoughts on the story of this show? Did you buy into it? Did you like it? What did you think about it overall? Kat, I'll start with you. Um, I think I'm still confused by the ending, to be honest. Like, in a weird way, yes and no. I mean, it leaves it so open-ended that... Because that's not part of the book. It's not part of the book? The The very end? No. Oh, really? The book's different? It's supposed to be over. The book's over now. Oh, so now they just were doing... The, they leave it so this answers your question of you don't think many people watch this show. They're already making a season two. They were already making season two during the, the first season because it was so popular. Oh, so that answers your question that. on that, right? Well, what did you think of the overall story, though? Did you did you like it? it did you think fun. it was an interesting yeah. concept? No, I, did think, you... I think it was interesting overall. <clears throat> um, I feel like, though, I knew kind of like how... Like when they were showing the guy and... He didn't have a face, and you were kind of like, oh, well, he's a shapeshifter, and he's doing that. Like, you kind of knew what was going to happen. That aspect of it I didn't really like, that I could kind of predict the next steps. Like, nothing was really a surprise. Like, I feel like Castle Rock series, actually, was more surprising than, like, The Outsider. I feel like in Castle Rock, I had more surprises in that Stephen King kind of spinoff show versus I what I had in The Outsider. The storyline kind of went in different places that you wouldn't normally expect it to go. This well, was very kind of predicted. Well, the it difference was, with, I think, Castle Rock is it's multiple stories going on at once. Well, yeah, yeah. So it's a different type of show. Very good. I love Castle Rock. But I don't think... I mean, you can compare anything, so whatever. Right. I, I think it was good. Like, I liked it overall. I was glad I watched it. Um, I think it was just, it was kind of predictable. Okay. It had a lot of the same predictable You're elements. predictable. Thank you. I know. I hope, well, yeah, I, I am actually, yeah. I think what made it so good was how you kind of had an idea where it was going, yet it still managed to surprise you and show you stuff. It was, it was cool. I, yeah. I mean, no, I liked you, it. Yeah. It was a very basic Storyline, I compare it to the storyline of Sinister. Very similar. You got the scary fucking boogeyman lurking in the corner, always watching. Has the way to make people do things that they don't want to do. And then at the end, almost everybody dies. Someone gets out of it. They should never have made a second one. But they did. I I don't think the second season of The Outsider is going to be good. That's just my opinion. So if you're a fan of Stephen King and you want to watch a recent series based on Stephen King's stories, what would you rather watch? Castle Rock or The Outsider? The Outsider. I agree, 100%. What about you? Really? Mm -hmm. I think I'd rather watch Castle Rock. I think I like that better than The Outsider. Castle Rock feels like a cheap watch to me. Really? It's a typical uh, J.J. Abrams Show. Maybe it's yeah. more of a. It's thriller. all about. It's a I remember. Thing and like I, I remember. I remember. Yeah, it's just a bunch of throwbacks mm-hmm. instead of actually like. I mean, the plot lines and stories in those are pretty good too. But eh, I mean, The Outsider. That's like to me. That's all up there with True Detective season one. I like both those shows. A I lot. mean, yeah, I. I think I like Castle Rock a little bit better. I did Nothing like. I did opinion. like. I did like The Outsider though a lot. Castle like, Rock's I, awesome. So, can't hate. I'd so, love to hate, but I can't. For the story for this, having read the book, I thought they they were going to struggle to do 10 episodes, which they did. This would have been much better served as a six or eight episode show. And there were a few episodes in the middle that dragged. That would probably be my only complaint about the entire show. Everything else was pretty good to great. And I just thought the whole time I was like, wow, like where are we going here? It was It was, the entire show was kind of more about a mood of the characters and like where they were like getting to know each other there was a lot of dialogue a lot like true detective but true detective was only six or excuse me eight episodes you have to realize that there was not 10 episodes worth of material there so i just thought it would have been better if it was shorter oh i completely agree i think 
eight episodes is the perfect amount for any show if you do it right. Yeah. You don't well, need more than that. How, how do, you, more. do you really need more than eight hours of TV or no. whatever it is? No. You can tell the story in eight hours. And but if, if you can't, then it's... If you are planning on a second season, it's a perfect opportunity to have another window to have more content. Yeah, if they were going to do a second season, they shouldn't have ended the book at the end of season one. That's like... A, like they should have left it like you think something happens, but not the very end. Drag that out until sure. you're done with the show, if you already know your reading. Well, I mean, you know, like Game of Thrones, for example, that's the typical example of a show that ran out of material and they were kind of going on their own, but there were lots of books to draw from, and every book was like a thousand pages long. So uh, this was not that. This was actually one of the shorter Stephen King books, but they kind of, kind of dragged it along. Uh, Richard Price, the showrunner and the writer, kind of... Uh, you know, expanded on some storylines, which I will get into. But, uh, but yeah, I, I thought it was overall a very, very good Stephen King adaptation. I just wish it had been shorter. Was this scary at all? Um, no. Yeah, Not I don't think really. so either. Scary? Yeah. No. Was there anything that freaked you out at all? This is much more of a psychological I mean, thriller than the yeah. book was. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um. That makes sense. They definitely, in the book, they lean more into the supernatural. They connect a little bit wider to the Stephen King universe than they do with this. So, I mean, I feel like it's... Well, that's kind of disappointing. They should have done that a little more. Yeah, I I feel like they wanted this to be more of a grounded series, like a little bit more realistic, even though they were dealing with a supernatural entity called El Cuco. I like how they kept it so real, though, and they were like, you know, when they went to um, the... Terry's wife's house and was like telling them her theory of like El Cuco and she's like are you kidding me this is like what you came back with like oh my god are you serious yeah I would have had the same reaction right exactly it's a realistic element that you kind of appreciate and you like even for a movie it it has that realistic element to it so maybe in season two they're going to get more into the paranormal they were like all right, we got our following now we can do whatever we want Totally that plausible. would be interesting. I would I'd be down with that if that's how the story was. Totally plausible. What was the best part of the show? Andrew. Best part? Like scene? Yeah. Scene, uh, episode. What so did you I, like most about I watch the show them all, overall? Most of the times I watch them in like three or four episodes at a time. Okay. Because I'll get caught behind. So it's tough for me to remember, remember individual episodes. A lot of good scenes. What part of the show did you like the best? I like the dynamic between Ralph and Holly the most. Mm-hmm. That just their dialogue, their interactions, their differing viewpoints. I found that to be why I like the show so much. There was such depth to those characters that you could hold an entire 10 episode season on them. I agree with that completely because I think that we'll get more into this in a little while, but the way they kind of left everything open at the end. When he yeah. said when he said to her at the end like, "Hey, if you have any more cases like this, call me." It almost kind of left the door open for like a because the book isn't that op- the book isn't that open ended. Okay, the book just kind of ends. They almost kind of made it seem like they could do an HBO style like X Files with well, Mulder and Scully. And what's uh, Mulder happen? and Scully being Ralph Anderson they and gonna, Holly Gibney. They're gonna fuck for this show. You think? Oh, I don't know. About Guarantee. That. There's some sort of chemistry there. <laughs> He's gonna leave his wife, and she's not with that guy anymore. So. Right. They're going to do another case together. He he got burned alive. And they're going to fall in love. That's my prediction. Okay. Very interesting. Very interesting relationship. I feel like that that would be a very interesting relationship and uh, fun to watch play out. But for me, I can tell you the best part of the whole show was the shootout part. At the end of episode 9 and into episode 10, when everybody just got fucking gunned down. That was sick. That was the best part of the book. That was the best part of the show. I mean, I thought it was the most action-packed. Yeah, that was the climax of the show. I mean, yeah, I really sure. liked a lot of the um, scenes and the episodes that were geared towards Hoskins. I feel mm-hmm. like he did a really good job in that role. Like, I loved seeing the interaction between him and El Cuco in, like, the woods. Like, when he's he's shop, well, he's shopping at Home Depot and just buying a bunch of lamps and shit. Mm-hmm. So weird. So, so weird that a supernatural, kind of a sacrifice is this? supernatural being would need, like, uh, <laughs> lamps in the middle of the uh, woods Maybe to be able to Maybe it needs, like... Well, it's not even plugged into anything, so what the... It doesn't make... Is that from the book? 
Mm, not really. No. <laughs> okay. I'll get so, more to that later. Yeah. I was like, that was a weird part, but I like those interactions. Like when he's out hunting mm-hmm. and he gets the buzz that he needs to come to work. Like the first, second episode, was like you can tell that guy was fucked, and he was an easy prey for. Oh yeah, El Cuco for sure. I thought and you that feel was... bad for him though in the end. Yeah, I mean he he's a good actor and he's good in Ozark, and I feel like he was good for this role. He kind of played a very good tortured character that was easily led along by El Cuco. What do you think of the name El Cuco, by the way? Which is ripped right from Stephen King's story, so it's a Stephen King thing. Is it like a Spanish influence thing? Uh, it's a Mexican influence thing. And what so, does it stand for? Yeah. Does it actually say the boogeyman? It, it, it's it's an old... So basically, that this movie is meant to... Or this series and book is meant to represent the generic belief in the boogeyman. So one of, I, I had at the end of my notes here differences between the book and the series... And one of the biggest differences that is that the book takes place in Texas. So they actually go south to Mexico for a lot of it. So there's a lot of Mexican influence, which is why they have El Cuco as the character. They it's kept that, more relevant but they moved the that, entire yeah. story from Texas to Georgia. Two so, questions. Go ahead. Yep. Never mind. I was going to say, this is the only, like one of the few Stephen King stories that takes place in Anywhere else but fucking New England. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm or trying to think. Dairy. The Shining. But even The Shining takes place in New England still. It's, yeah. He teaches in New England and he just moves to Colorado. This one had no ties other than... No, not even. None. Never. Not at all. He nope. went to New York. None. Never got into New England. Nope. None. That's weird And to the, me. New, the, New, the New York part of the show was actually made for the show. That never happened in the book. Other weird thing. Nobody has a southern accent in the entire show. Anybody pick up on that? Because you have to think maybe wherever they were in Georgia, they were in a, uh, an area where nobody really was, point, their though. accents were that thick. First off, that's, there's nowhere in Georgia that they don't have accents. That <laughs> the motherfuckers are living in the boondocks. True. There's no way. One person did, I think. I can't remember who it was. Yeah, I agree. I, I did they not want to butcher too, accents? Yeah. That was the first thing I noticed. It was like, they're in Georgia. No one has a southern not accent. Like a real not even southern one. Accent, one yeah. person should at least have an accent. Not even a, like a twang. Like nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Just weird. That's a good point. Um, like I mentioned before, I thought the cast was pretty good in this. Anybody that anybody would replace any of the cast members. Anybody that you thought would be better. I haven't um, really thought about that. Fast yeah, answers only for sake of time. If no, not, honestly, no. I I liked the cast as they were. I think everyone yeah. did a good job. There wasn't anyone that really annoyed me, I feel like. I, I liked... I mean, I was kind of bummed out that Jason Bateman You died took the off. words right oh. out of my mouth. Yeah, but I, wish, I that, wish Bateman had right? been in it longer. I know. I I, that, almost, be... that almost was... I was like, really? Yeah. Well, I, I knew... Right away, when they said they were doing this show and they cast Jason Bateman as Terry Maitland, I knew I was going to say, "Oh my God, people are going to freak out." It about makes this sense because, though, because he had such a big part in yeah. the rest of the show. He probably didn't want to have to do that, mm-hmm. help produce it, direct it, all that shit. Yep. So, yep. Um, I think that that guy who gets at the end, who's doing the sniper stuff at the end, Hoskins, Jack. Yeah, the guy from I... Ozark. <coughs> Excuse me. I think he. That is would've not the better. coronavirus, by the way. Mark no, it's not. Menchaca. Um, I think it would he would have been better as Clay from Sons. Ron Perlman? As the guy who's on the sniper at the very end with the thing on the... Yeah, you, the you mean he, he would be better if he was Ron Perlman from Sons of Anarchy. Clay, if he was Clay. Clay. Morrow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That would be I fucking an, hate Ron That would be Perlman. interesting. Why? His face makes drives me insane. Right, but that's why he would be a better actor. That guy was fucked up looking, too. I thought that guy did a great job. No, he's he's fine. Right. I thought he was fine. I didn't have any problem with him at all. I wouldn't replace him with Ron okay, Perlman. Sure. I think... I mean, I, I would watch The Outsider with Ron Perlman as Jack Hoskins. I have no problem with that. I'd watch I think that'd be cool. Wouldn't I would be? watch it, but I wouldn't go into it and be like, you know what this movie needs? Ron Perlman or this show. <laughs> never would have thought it needed Ron why? Perlman. Because it's fucking Ron Perlman. He's fine, but I I just never watched anything. But like, you know what I feel like that guy needs? kind of reminded me of him, but I feel like if he did it, I don't know why. I just, like, whenever I saw him as an actor, I just thought of, like, he would be better as Clay. As a random thing. It's, it's funny hey, that you said that. Yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. That's your opinion. Okay. Hey, and I asked the question, so. DCD. Uh, last question. Great. Who is the MVP of the show? Andrew, mm-hmm. start with you. I'm going to start off topic again. And I remember back, it's a throwback to one of our first, our first episode of Krampus. Mm-hmm. The MVP. Someone said Opie, right? Yeah. So. From Walking Dead. Wednesday, 
We were cleaning windows. So anyway, her daughter and her uh, son-in-law are there for some reason with their children. They have like three children, and um, they're all living in the same house now. Never been before, maybe because of the, the crisis or whatever. But I was getting ready to go to the bathroom in their house, just take a pee. I wasn't going to poop in there. That's good. And um, one of the little kids said, Opie! <laughs> and I immediately thought of Krampus. Mm-hmm. So that is what that five-minute rant was about. I just, that was the only other that time detour. I, that was the only other time I've heard someone use the word Opie. And it immediately reminded me of Krampus, which was our first episode. Wow, God how bless. That? Throwback. That was like years ago, yeah. like three months. Like but. four months ago? Insane. Insane to think how far we've come but in uh, 14 episodes. MVP? I'm going to have to go with the co-MVPs. Okay. Ralph yeah. and Holly. I already explained why, but... Yeah. I love Mendelssohn. I love Mendelssohn. so good. I got to think Holly's the best part of the show. Though. That's where I was torn. Yeah, I think yeah. Holly's, awesome. Holly's going to be my favorite, too. So, I mean, we can share. What a great character. Yeah. So unique, so different, so weird, so awesome. She's so interesting. Like, you just want to know what she's thinking at all times. Like, you watch her and her process through everything, and you're just kind of... Wondering what's going on in her brain. That's what makes her such an interesting character. Yeah. She's amazing. That's actually a perfect segue because... So, the next topic that I had on deck was differences between the book and the show. And one of the biggest differences is Holly. Uh, She's way different in the book than she is in the show. Is she white? Uh, Yes. Really? So, among the many differences between Holly Gibney in the show and in the book... In the book, she's white. Obviously, in the TV show, she's black. Um, not a huge difference. Obviously, that doesn't really matter at all. But in the I book... I was going to say, and then she a guy versus a girl? No, like, she's, uh... she's, a, she's a woman. But in the book, she's almost kind of more of a supporting character. She's not. She doesn't play as prominent of a role as she does in the show. Which I think the show was better for bringing her into it more. Um... As a lead, they kind of had to expand her character a little bit. So uh, the guy, the actor from House of Cards that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Kevin her, Spacey? Her love interest. No, not Kevin Spacey. What? The guy, the guy that was in House of Cards that she, that she slept with. Who? What? God. The guy from House of Cards, Holly's the actor, Holly's boyfriend, the, the guy. security guard. He died in the, the second, the, he died in the yeah, last yeah. episode. Yeah, that guy. And? Not in the book at all. Oh, he didn't die in the book. No, not in. Wasn't the book. even in. Wasn't a character. Was a character. You know what? Cards. For someone that wasn't in the book, when he died, that was the death that I felt the worst for. Yeah. Even though know, all right? these children had died, yeah. Because you didn't know them, you didn't get to become. Mm. He was such a nice guy, and a great character. And, she, like, he and, Holly, and, and he, he was being. It so wasn't tell that he really liked. He really liked or loved her. It was. Just, they were yeah, adorable was together, mm-hmm. to be honest. And he was playing cowboy. He went to go for the car. He got shot, and then he got blown the fuck up. He got he he died real quick. He did, he did. That's not really nice to say about him. I feel like that's dishonoring his death. Okay, well he died. So <laughs> he died. So anyway, yeah. So Holly was more of a supporting character in the show than she was. Uh, excuse me, in the book than she was in the show. Um, part of the reason for this. Stephen King wrote a trilogy of books uh, that were called basically the Mr. Mercedes trilogy, and they were there were three books. There was Mr. Mercedes from 2014, Finders Keepers from 2015, and End of Watch from 2016. Uh, basically, it was a no supernatural qualities at all, a detective murder mystery series that he wrote. And Holly Gibney was one of the main characters in all three of these books. Ah, interesting tie-in. So, yep, he did. Yep. So she's create a, that character. She's a character in all three of these books, and in the Outsider book, the only reason that she's in it is that Howie, the lawyer, tells his PI Alec to call this guy Bill Hodges, who's completely omitted from the TV show, and to ask for his help because he's a world-renowned private investigator. At the end of the Mr. Mercedes trilogy books, this guy dies, which is how Holly Gibney comes into the Outsider story. And in the Outsider series, they ignore that completely. 
So there's no character. So they're both tied in, obviously. Exactly. And she's just kind of portrayed as this loner who has her own private investigation firm. And they bring in the, the outside. story that way. But in the other stories, Miss Mercedes and those ones, is is her characteristics the same? Yeah. She's okay. kind of like borderline autistic, like sidekick detective. And so to another, another fun fact, uh, Mr. Mercedes, that trilogy of stories, was uh, adapted into a TV series for – Adaptation Network, which from what I googled was an AT&T exclusive channel, so you have to have like an AT&T phone to watch. So you still can't watch that show? You can't watch it. You have to have an AT&T phone to be able to watch it. It's not available anywhere else? Anywhere else, apparently. But they did the Mr. Mercedes uh, stories, and Brendan Gleeson plays this guy, Bill Hodges, the main character, and Holly Gibney is in that show, but portrayed by a different actress, a white actress, whose name is Justine Loop. Or Lupe, uh, she plays Holly. Lupe. Yeah. So, uh, cross-referencing universes. Multiverse. Multiverse. Uh, yeah, so that was obviously the, the one of the biggest differences between the story and the show. Uh, another big one, which I thought was one of the better changes that they made f- from Stephen King's story, was that Ralph's son in the TV show had died in the book. That never happened. The son was away at a summer camp during the entire events of the of the you know this murder and all that stuff. I feel like it was necessary to have his son die. Yeah, I thought it was so way way, that, way better. You could felt that feel that sympathy for him as a character mm-hmm. and understand why he made reactions and decisions based the way he did. Mm-hmm. Other than his kid just being away at camp, so I think that helped his character immensely. Yeah, based off of that, I agree. I, I thought it was. It brought more weight to the character of Ralph. It made him seem more relatable. It made him, it gave him more depth. Like they showed very briefly, like the flashbacks where he was having drinking problems because his son was dead. They showed it like very, very, very quickly. They didn't touch on it too much. But I just thought the whole thing was very, it was much more interesting with Ralph's son having died than it would have been if his son was just away at summer camp. So, a couple other minor changes. We already talked about this a little bit. The book took place in Oklahoma and Texas and Mexico, and uh, the show took place in Georgia and Kentucky, so I don't know why they changed that. Another reason why Ralph is the MVP? Yeah. Real quick, I forgot to touch on it. Best moment early episodes of that show is when Ralph shows up at the prison where Bateman is. Yeah, it was great. Great um, scene. After hours, and when Bateman asks him, no, he asked Bateman, did you ever touch my kid? And he said, you know why I got so upset about tells it? Him, and yeah, the story he, tells he, he about told him how to bunt. coaching him about bunting mm. is such a great – that's fantastic writing to a no, an amazing level. Like that's why I like that show so much. There's so much good writing in that show. That's in the book. That it yep. – that okay, so that whole scene, that whole yep. bit is in the – yeah. That's what makes Stephen King Stephen King. Yeah, exactly. His ability to end a show or end a movie or end a book – Maybe up there, but he can certainly get you there. That's correct. So. Yeah, that's correct. I agree with that 100%. Uh, one, a couple other minor changes that they made from the book to the TV show. So the main characters, so Terry Maitland, who was played by Jason Bateman, Ralph Anderson, who was played by Ben Mendelsohn, Holly Gibney, who was Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn. I keep loving Ben Mendelsohn more and more each day. I do and too. the motherfucker's not, he doesn't even have like, any like big roles. Like he, He's ready to explode, I think. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna do something great. Maybe we'll so. have a Ben Mendelsohn episode. Mm. Just an episode on Ben. We get on Bloodline, uh, <laughs> The Dark Knight Rises, and also this show. That that could be a great episode. Those are three of my favorite things of all time. But uh, the Ben Mendelsohn episode. The Ben Mendelsohn project. That would be a cool <laughs> name. Yeah, it's so, like a band name. So Terry Maitland, who was played by Jason Bateman, Ralph Anderson, who was played by Ben Mendelsohn, and Holly Gibney, who was ben played Mendelsohn. by <laughs> Cynthia Erivo. All of those names were the same, but uh, the showrunner actually changed a few of the names to the TV show. Not a big deal, but uh, Howie Gold in the book became Howie Solomon. So they changed wow. it from one Jewish name to another <laughs> for a lawyer. I was just going to say that. But. Uh, Terry's widow was Marcy in the book, and she becomes, uh, becomes Gloria in the show. Her daughter goes from Grace to Jessa. Uh, the DA from the first episode who pushed the case forward with Ralph. Uh, in the book, his name is Bill Samuels, but he's Kenneth Hayes in the show. So, you know, weird little random changes that... Uh, yeah, why? 
might have just been changed to make the showrunner feel like he had his own pulse on these characters. He wanted to make the characters his own, I guess, if I could think about it. Um, we already talked about the omission of Bill Hodges here. We talked about the differences for Holly. Arguably the bi- the biggest difference for the entire book and the show was El Cuco. So, obviously, in the show, the supernatural influences are played down quite a bit. Okay, So you know El Cuco was there. You know something weird is going on. It's a shapeshifter. He eats grief, he eats souls, he eats children, whatever. In the book, his influence over certain characters is much more defined and explicit. I so, feel like that would make sense, because I feel like you didn't really understand a lot in the in the. Oh, but you, and, you know what? Like, I, I feel like that, that, that went with the was... tone they were going with for the show, which was not extremely supernatural, but in the book, in true typical Stephen King fashion, this entity talks to the characters regularly. Yeah, Hoskins and you, you, obviously you comes see, through as his mother. Yeah, and you see... that's how it happens. So that actually was completely... But there was... So that wasn't in the book? No. That's so random. So nope. who is the per? So how does he get to Hoskins? Through his Basically, mother? Hoskins, just like in the book, he wakes up in his bathroom after blacking out drunk, and he feels that there's something in his shower like an entity and he feels like a thing on his neck which was the bubbles the the cancer they call it in the book and uh el cuco speaks to him and says i've given you cancer do whatever i tell you or you will die pretty much and says a few other things to him and in the series it's kind of implied that this conversation is happening like telepathically you don't hear him really speak ever until the last episode. Well, yeah. You basically just know that whatever it is, anytime they try to, you know, not do what it's asking, mm-hmm. they have an immense pain in the bubbles in their neck or whatever that is. So it doesn't need to yeah. be cancer. To me, that is worse than cancer because that is horrifying looking and you wouldn't, like, mm-hmm. that's more disgusting. It's like, Anybody looking at these motherfuckers' necks and being like, dog. Yeah, they're gross. Yo, put on like, some sunscreen. You got some fucking boils. Yeah. You've been hanging yeah. out with Job. So, yeah, I mean, so so Jack Hoskins in so, the books and in the show is pretty much Renfield to El Cuco's Dracula. You know, he's kind of yeah. like the, you know, the... Uh, he had no the, the familia. La familia. He's the familia. And, uh... I like that. So the only other difference, too, so in the novel... You know, and in the show, in the show, he appears to uh, Ralph's wife in the dining room, and he see uh, she sees him, and he tells her something, and she essentially like she ends up burning the chair in her yard at the end of the show, right? Because she was so freaked out about it. Um, in that scene in the show, he appears with like the melted face. That's kind of like she draws the drawing, right? In the book. The entire time where she actually sees him, he looks like that character of Claude Bolton, who was Patty Considine's character, the ultimate final oh, form of El Cuco in the book. So, you know, slight differences there. And obviously, the biggest difference, if you have read this book, and you know, spoiler alert if you haven't, I mean, you're listening this long, Jesus Christ, I shouldn't have to give you spoilers. So the post credit scene, you saw that, right? You, knew, you watched through the end with the post credit scene? Mm-mm. You didn't see it? You didn't know there was one? Oh, where Holly's in the mirror? Yes. Oh, I didn't realize. I That was that was still during the credits. Yeah, not at yeah. all. No, nothing like that in the book at all. Oh, I assume that had that was very, how they were making it a season yeah, two. Yeah, had, had a very uh, capped on ending, and I was very surprised, and, and I was thinking, like, you know, HBO was kind of marketing this as a season finale versus a series finale. Because I thought for sure when they announced that they were doing The Outsider, it would yeah, be... Yeah, but you a, didn't read the stories in between? A limited series. Like, I, no, I... Because this, like, this was like episode... I think I had, episode five had just come out and I had read an article that there was filming of The Outsider 2 spotted in New York. So I oh, knew about see, this. I had no oh, idea. okay. I didn't even tell you I that. had no idea. Yeah, I had known so for a while, so that's why I was like, yeah, I was clearly... It's, it's a story that I feel like can very easily be continued and I know, Andrew... You have your theories about where this could pen- could potentially go. It could be interesting. I mean, other than the fact that it would make a great television show, isn't that just what America would want? 
Right, but you had some Stephen King-esque theories about what could be going on with Holly Gibney uh, in the show before the uh, post credit scene. Remember you said you thought that she might have the shine, Oh, I forgot about this. Right. Yes, I was curious. There could be some other things going on here. There's a lot of what... Um, now, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. No, but, that's, but, but that was my... How cool would it be if it, it was? Really cool when the show really ended, I forgot back, that yeah. I texted you guys that, that yeah. I thought maybe Holly had the shine. Just because of the way she sees the world. Like, she seems like the type of person that if it's all in the same universe... Who is squeaking right now? That is me, and I'm not... I'm literally doing... Can you see what I'm so doing right now? So, shift your weight, Oh, my bro. God. So Finish your point. Sorry. Go ahead. With such... With the huge success... Well, actually, did Dr. Sleep have huge success? Because it should have. It didn't have as much success... As much... As, I think, as much success as it should have. To me, Excuse there would me. be no better marriage made in heaven... Than linking the Doctor Sleep Shining universe with the Outsider with universe, the outs- it would be really cool. Yeah, and you could have, which ultimately would be Doctor Sleep the Shining and the Outsider, and the Outsider on Kubrick's the Shining. It would, but then also, so the yes. guy from it is also in the Outsider with the the guy with the cloak. No, the guy, the guy. Oh, from that's from Castle, Castle Rock, right? Yes. To me, it just seems I like she like has everyone, something. Everyone's going to be related in some sort of way. Because who's like. to say that they just weren't showing us everything that Holly saw right. or knew? Like, you could do this. You could redo The Outsider from the perspective of Holly Gibney alone and have your own show. Correct. Because oh, yeah. you could make it really weird. It'd be so good. I just think that would be an awesome way. You have, so you have the love relationship between Mendelssohn or Ralph and Holly Gibney, and then you tie in The yeah. Shining, and then maybe you can tie in the fact that, like, he's the great-grandson of... No, but whatever. If you have I don't the perspective know, but of Holly Gibney, then you've ruined the curiosity factor of what's going on. No, I was head. just saying, in this, you could do this whole The Outsider show and redo it from the perspective of Holly Gibney and have everything that she sees going on and have your own television show in itself, which is how good the character is, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Basically, you could redo this show with her as the focal point, and it would be amazing. the minute that you know what she's thinking, like, and why she's thinking things, it ruins everything. Does it? Yeah. I guess I disagree. So for season two of this show, obviously we talked about connections to the Stephen King universe, would you like to see the story of El Cuco continue, or would you rather see Ralph Anderson and Holly Gibney continuing on in an X Files? I would think, yeah, the second style of like anthology episode. I don't want them to continue with the El Cuco thing because I think that was a kind of a stretch in itself. All I gotta say is, good luck if you're gonna try and do X Files and do that lot like. They would do X-Files on a, a bigger budget. They're not going to do that. There's no, going to be I'm one saying. cohesive story yeah. throughout the second season. But that would how be cool. cool would it be if oh, they did? That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't see it. Obviously, like you said, it never happened. I think yeah. there's more likelihood that they intersect with The Shining yeah. than that. Obviously, I would love to see them interconnect at least Wouldn't with that Stephen be, King. Or something. Get in there awesome. involved. Even if it's with Mr. Mercedes and those shows. Yeah. I'd be down with that because I haven't seen any or know anything well, about they that. Well, can't, they can't now because unless they did a multiverse type thing because it's two different actresses playing Holly Gibney. One white, one black. So. Oh, how cool would that be? It would be cool. I mean, it'd be weird. But well, you could just have... How, the Marvel Universe is going to do it with uh, Deadpool and other people. So, hey, maybe the Stephen King Universe could pull it off too. You never know. You never know, folks. All right, you guys are looking at me like I'm crazy. Any well, other I, thoughts? I, 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 okay. Otis is, Otis is too. Otis is like, go, um, Dad. Right. Any other thoughts on The Outsider before we close up for the night, folks? I, no, can't, I, I can't think of a thought about that show that I didn't mention. Okay. I liked it. I'm glad I watched it. I would recommend it to others. I thought it was interesting enough to keep going mm-hmm. and to tell other people that they should watch it. So Okay. That's so basically my, a show that you could watch by and get um, through and tell other people like, hey, I can watch one, this. One thumb way away. One thumb way away. <laughs> okay. Well, again, Not I would say. Not two thumbs, but one. I'd, I'd say like if you need something to watch while you're home. Okay. It's like a C. All right. Then basically no, it's like it. a B plus. Well, the fact that, the fact alone that this show is on HBO with the acting pedigree and directing pedigree and writing pedigree that it has is enough to watch it by itself. Uh, with Jason Bateman, Ben Mendelsohn, Cynthia Erivo. Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn, Ben Mendelsohn. The huge ensemble cast, ensemble, cast that they have in this show. Plus, you know, you're, you're basing it off of a, a story by Stephen King, 
which is arguably, he's arguably the most important author of the last hundred years. Um, it's 100% worth watching, and it's a great show, so check it out. Um, yeah, and I think that's all we have to say about The Outsider, you guys. I think that's about it. That's yeah. a little inside information on The Outsider. Yeah, The Yeast. Insider on The Outsider. Yeah, so... <laughs> I was waiting to say that all night. Oh, well, you didn't. I took it from you. So all we have left to say uh, right now, so if you uh, if you like our show, if you have anything to say, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on the following social media platforms on Twitter, at Hometown Horror, on Instagram, at Hometown Horror Pod. You can also find us on Facebook at America's Hometown Horror. That's America's Hometown Horror. You can also email us at hometownhorrorpodcast at gmail.com if you want to tell us how much you love the show, hate the show, are indifferent about the show, if you have thoughts of outrage, or if you have any generic uh, ideas. Or if maybe you think that I sound Let like a raspy-voiced, high-pitched female. Which oh may or may not have been said before. I'm not saying it has been, but it may have. Uh, you can also subscribe to us on the following platforms for podcasts. We're now on iHeartRadio after three plus months of pending. How about that? iHeartRadio. Those fucking assholes. Like it took forever. Yeah, fuck that. iHeartRadio. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know anybody that listens to podcasts on iHeartRadio, but whatever. We're on there now. I don't know anybody that listens well, to iHeartRadio. We're on iHeartRadio. Oh my God, that's so exciting. Yeah, so we're there. We're Is on iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. No, that's iPop Video. But way to date yourself. Uh, pop up. It's pop, pop up, up video. video. Sorry. Oh, wait, yes. No, I wasn't saying that. <laughs> pop up video. No. That was what? Well, anyway, no. so never if, mind. If, if when you're you, like iHeartRadio, hey, no. you know what? Yeah, that's different. No. I, I feel like we're bes- we're besmirching okay. our iHeartRadio listeners right now. If for some reason you are listening on iHeartRadio, thank you very much. Yes, and keep so listening much. on iHeartRadio. We love why. you. But if you ever decide to uh, change your podcast platform, you can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spreaker. Stitcher, and wherever the fuck else you get your podcasts. My name is Mike. This has been America's Hometown Horror Podcast. I'm joined by Andrew and Kat, and we will see you next week. Wash your hands. Adios. And practice social distance. Ah, God, no, I can't say it. I fucking hate that term so much. Just be careful. Easy way to Wash your hands and stay away from fucking people. Stay away from people, all right? We love you. Bye-bye. Stay safe. Love you all. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening, and if you're looking for other podcasts to listen to, you can check out the other podcasts on the Art Podcast Network. We have Retro Redoctopus. We have America's Hometown Horror, Bar Talk, Old Colony Cast, and, of course, Art. So you can check those out wherever podcasts are found. Like, comment, and subscribe so we can reach more listeners. And thanks for listening.